Hello friends, I'm Vance Rains, Senior Pastor of First Church Coral Springs. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this is a source of inspiration and faith as you grow in your walk with Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. This time of year, there's a lot of arriving. Uh, some of you have arrived into South Florida on planes, trains, or automobiles. Uh, packages have likely been arriving at your doorsteps uh, via UPS or FedEx. Uh, Christmas cards and Christmas letters have been arriving in your mailbox. Guests have been arriving to share in the festivities. The children are anticipating uh, that fat little elf's arrival later tonight, and more importantly, the arrival of some special gift, right, under the tree in the morning. And we here at First Church have been planning, preparing, anticipating your arrival tonight uh, for weeks. And we're glad you're here. Welcome. We're glad you arrived. Most of the arriving this time of year is welcomed with a lot of excitement. People coming to your door that you've invited. Gifts being opened. What Santa left uh, in the stockings all Uh, arrives with excitement and pleasure and joy. But none of that is nearly as significant as the one arrival that causes us to gather here tonight. The arrival of Christ our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem many, many years ago. None matter. No other arrival matters as much as this one. In fact, there's never been an arrival in the history of the world that mattered as much as this one because this arrival was the birth of God's only son whom we believe to be God in flesh. This baby was God who arrived for us. Walter Wangren says, at Christmas, heaven invaded the earth. So I suspect you know the story. We've been telling it for weeks. You've heard it before. That the the angel Gabriel came and announced to a young virgin that you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And then it says in Luke that on this night that we celebrate, at at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census would be taken throughout the Roman Empire all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. I mean, that's the story we come to tell tonight, to remember, to celebrate the arrival of God in human flesh. But if you look closely at the story, it was an arrival mostly ignored, mostly unnoticed, then and now. 
Yes, we know that angels appeared over the skies where the, where the shepherds were out there with their sheep, but that can't have been very many people. And yes, we've heard about the, the, the magi, the wise men following the star, but that might have just been about three. I mean, the truth is that Bethlehem was packed with people there for the census, but off in a barn. <laughs> Maybe out in the field, away from the crowd, away from the, the houses that apparently were full of people, out, out with the animals. God arrived. And barely anybody noticed. CNN didn't cover it. Didn't peer on social media. Just back there in a barn, behind the scenes, away from the crowds, out of sight. God arrived. Let me just change course for a moment. The, the opposite of arriving, in my estimation, is avoiding. Does that sound about right to you? You can arrive or you can avoid. Maybe you've done some avoiding this season. Maybe there were some invitations that you avoided. You're just too busy. Maybe there's people you've been avoiding because you didn't buy a Christmas gift for them. Maybe you procrastinated and avoided doing your Christmas shopping till later uh, than you should have. Maybe today. Maybe you got a good sale. I don't know. I hope. Maybe there's people you've been avoiding. Maybe there's conversations you've been avoiding. We all do that, right? There's, there's situations that make us feel awkward, right? Or uncomfortable. We we avoid it. There's, there's places we've been told, you know, you don't want to go down that road in that neighborhood. So we, we avoid it. There's certain conflicts that we just, we don't, we don't want to be part of. So we, we procrastinate doing things that we don't want to do. There's certain people that maybe you've been ignoring their phone calls or their emails or texts, or maybe next week you'll start avoiding the, the tax, the, the bill collectors. I don't know. It's been too much of Christmas. So tonight we're talking about the arriving of Jesus. But when I think about the story, I, I can't help but wonder why God didn't choose to avoid instead of arrive. I mean, after all, if you think about his birth, the birth of Jesus, it, it was a pretty deplorable situation. He was born in a barn. We don't even know if they had time to clean out the barn. We don't even know if they moved the animals out into the field for the birth. We don't know what it smelled like. We don't know what it looked like. I think if I were God, and thank goodness I'm not, I might have avoided. I mean, how many of us would choose to have had our children in a barn or to be born there ourselves? I remember reading a story once, true story, about a palace that was being built somewhere in Europe, I don't recall where, and as they were constructing the palace, they were going to include a chapel, and they decided to dedicate the chapel to the nativity, the birth of Jesus, except it was very important to them that that chapel be beautiful and extravagant, quote, to make up for the deplorable conditions in which he was born. I mean, no kidding. I might think the same. And then think about why he came. I mean, the whole Christian story is that he came to die on the cross to save sinners. We can't lose sight of that tonight when we're thinking about a cute little baby. 
I mean, why did he need to come deal with our mess? We're the ones that make our messes. I mean, how many of us avoid doing anything about them anyway? How many of us avoid dealing with our own sin and brokenness? How, how many of us avoid those hard conversations that need to be had? How many of us avoid getting the help that we really need? How many of us avoid looking at the skeletons in our own closets? How many of us avoid dealing with our own family dysfunctions? Yes, I'm talking to you. I mean, if we don't want to deal with our own junk, why should God have to? I mean, what's his motivation? I mean, if I'm God, thank goodness I'm not, I'm thinking, why not just avoid the whole mess? Birth is messy. Barns are messy. Human history has been messy. The political situation he was born into, not unlike today, was messy. Sin is messy. You... And I, we're messy too. Why not just avoid the whole thing? And yet he came. And let me just take this a step further. If I were God, and thank goodness I'm not, of all things, I certainly wouldn't have come as a baby. I mean, babies are helpless, defenseless, dependent. And it's not over when they're babies. I mean, just think about your children. I mean, all those awkward stages, you know, learning to walk and falling down on your face. Jesus had to do that. Learning to talk, dealing with hormones, right? <laughs> Struggling for independence out as an adolescence. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, if I'm God and I feel some necessity to go help these people, I, at least I would just show up as a, an adult, I mean, at least show up looking like, you know, like I got it together, maybe like a warrior or a king or, you know, a prophet, or at least show up like an angel, you know, a baby. He arrived as a baby. I mean, I know we know the story, but do you think about it? Would you have done it? And yet that's exactly what he did. Fulton Sheen says, no worldly mind would ever have suspected that omnipotence would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. That salvation would lie in a manger. No one would have suspected a God coming to earth that would have been so helpless. And that is precisely why so many miss him. Divinity is always where one least expects to find it. So let's talk theology for a moment. This is just a quick little theology lesson on Christmas Eve. As you heard me read before, John 1, 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Christians believe something peculiar about God. We believe in one God. We worship one God. We believe that God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You've heard this before? Yeah, okay. We believe God has always been three and one. It didn't start on Christmas. That means the Son has always existed as the second person 
of the Trinity. Well, well, so what? Well, John's trying to tell us something really important here. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, what Word is he talking about? To make sense of that, you've got to go to the beginning of the Bible, the creation story. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So you have God, you have Spirit, that's two of the three. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Notice what God did in creation. First said, I got to do something about this darkness. This darkness is an issue. So he created what? Light. First thing God did, he creates light. But how did he do it? He didn't wave a magic wand. He didn't snap his godly fingers. He spoke. He said a word. He said, let there be light. And Christians have always understood that that word that was spoken, that's the second person of the Trinity. That is Jesus before he came to be born as a baby in the beginning was the word that's the word that spoke light into being and that word was with God and that word was God he was with God in the beginning and in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind and a light shines in the dark and the darkness has not overcome it so we're not just talking about some baby i mean every every baby that's born is special and wonderful but but this baby this is the creator of the universe wrapped up in human flesh this is divine holy light wrapped in swaddling clothes this is god arriving Philip Yancey writes, the God who roared, who could order armies and empires about like pawns on a chessboard, this God emerged in Palestine as a baby who could not speak or eat solid food or control his bladder, who depended on a teenager for shelter, food, and love. So why? I mean, let's get back to this whole thing about arriving and avoiding. Like, if I were God, I just would have avoided the whole situation. What, what would motivate God to do what he did, to come for us, a messed up, broken people, to come in such a, a, an unbelievable way, not just to be born as a baby, but to be born as a baby in a manger, born of a virgin? What would motivate him? Like, well, sure, you know, he came to save us from our sins and die on a cross, but listen, he didn't have to. That's only part of the answer. I think the only way we can possibly wrap our heads around God doing this, the meaning of this night, is that he loves us. As unlikely as that may seem, he must love us. Like a parent loves a child, like, like a parent who would do anything for their child no matter how great the mess they make. Like a parent who would go to any lengths to bring their child home. He must love us. 
For God so loved the world. Why don't you say it with me? That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We could, we could spend a lot of time theologically talking about the necessity of him coming in human flesh and, and all of that. But just simply, he came because he loves us. And yeah, he could have come as a, as a warrior, as a king, as a prophet, as an angel. But, but the reality is that any of those options might have scared us. But there's something about a baby you can embrace. We've talked about this. There's something about a baby that you just can't help but adore. Let's just take this one step further. Not only did he come, not only did he come as a baby, not only did he come in these unbelievable conditions, did I mention that his parents were poor? I mean, dirt poor. Did I mention that, that, that his mother was not yet wed? She was engaged to Joseph, but they had not yet gotten married. Did, did I mention that he was born a Jew? People who are being oppressed at that point in history. Did, did I mention the vulnerability of being an infant? I think I did. He not only came to us, he not only came in the most unbelievable way, but he came and he entered in the reality of our humanity that no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult your life might be, no matter how painful the experiences your life may have been, he's been there too. He entered into the fullness of the challenges of our humanity. Many years before his arrival, his people, the Jews, were struggling. It was a time in history where, where they were experiencing uh, great, great difficulty. And the prophet Isaiah spoke saying that a day will come when God will intervene. And so they began to hope for a coming Messiah. And he said, here's how you will know that God is about to do something. He says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And you should know Emmanuel means God with us. What's the sign that God is about to do something? What's the sign that God is not ignoring our suffering? What's the sign that God is actually going to intervene? A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son named Emmanuel. I mean, that's the promise of Christmas. God doesn't avoid us. God doesn't avoid you. Whatever you're going through, God isn't avoiding you. He is with us. As I was reflecting on this, this passage this week, I was just thinking about the events of this last year. I mean, just today, the economy is in, uh, you know, having some challenges. Politics, you know, are going crazy. There's still racial tensions in our society. Hurricanes, wildfires, and our own tragedy here at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. War in the Middle East. Immigrants at our border seeking asylum. I mean, those are the big things, you know, the things you see on the news. But what about, what about you? What about your house? Maybe there's been sickness, maybe there's been death, maybe 
divorce, maybe unemployment, maybe addiction, maybe depression, maybe some financial struggles. I, I don't know, but, but one thing I do know is that when we go through these hard times, when we struggle, the question that most people ask when they're unsure why this is happening, they go, where is God? Right? My wife left me. Where is God? My kids won't call. Where is God? I just lost my house. Where is God? And Christmas gives us the answer that he's with us. He's with us. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So Lord, I pray for my friends here tonight for those facing challenges, for those facing difficulties. I pray for the one who is most discouraged tonight, for the one who is just, just barely hanging on. I pray for the one who has asked most recently, where is God? May they be reminded tonight that you came, that you come that you're with us, Emmanuel. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about First Church and our ministries, visit us online at welovefirst.church.